Poem of the Man God, Book 1, Number 22, Continued. I see Mary, who is spinning very quickly under the pergola, where the grapes are growing bigger and bigger. Some time must have elapsed because the apples are beginning to redden on the trees and the bees are humming near the fig flowers already mature. Elizabeth is now quite stout and she is walking heavily. Mary looks at her carefully and lovingly. Also, Mary's sides appear more round when she gets up to pick up the spindle which has fallen far away from her. The expression on her face has changed. It is more mature. Before she was a girl, now she is a woman. The women go into the house because it is now getting dark and the lamps are lit in the room. While waiting for supper, Mary begins to weave. Does it never tire you? asks Elizabeth, pointing to the loom. No, you can be sure of that. I am exhausted by this heat. I have not suffered any longer, but now the weight is too heavy for my old kidneys. Take courage. You will soon be free. How happy you will be. I am longing to be a mother. My child, my Jesus, what will he be like? As beautiful as you are, Mary. Oh, no, more beautiful. He is God. I am his maid. And what I meant is, will he be fair or dark? Will his eyes be like a clear sky or like the eyes of a mountain deer? I imagine him more beautiful than a cherub with golden curly hair, his eyes the same color as the Sea of Galilee when the stars begin to peep on the horizon, his tiny little mouth as red as a pomegranate that bursts when it matures in the sun, and his cheeks as pink as this pale rose with two little hands that could be contained in the hollow of a lily. They are so small and tiny and two tiny feet that can hold in the hollow of my hand, so soft and smooth, even more so than the petal of a flower. See, the idea I form of him is taken from all the beautiful things that nature suggests to me, and I can hear his voice when he cries, because my child will cry a little when he is hungry or sleepy, and it will always be a great pain for his mummy, whose heart will be pierced every time she hears him cry. When he cries, his voice will be like the bleeding that now comes from a little lamb, only a few hours old, when it seeks its mother's breast and her warm maternal fleece to sleep. When he laughs, and my heart, in love with my creature, will then be full of heaven, for I can be in love with him because he is my God, and it will not be against my consecrated virginity to love him as a lover. His voice, when he laughs, will be like the merry cooing of a happy little dove, which is full and content in its rosy little nest. And I think of him when he is taking his first steps, a little bird hopping on a flowery meadow. The meadow will be his mother's heart's. It will be laid under his tiny pink feet with all her love so that he may not tread on anything that may hurt him. Oh, how I will love my child, my son. Also, Joseph will love him. But you will have to tell Joseph. Mary's face darkens and she, la and she sighs. Yes, I will have to tell him. I wish heaven would tell him, because it is so difficult to tell. Shall I tell him? We will ask him to come for John's circumcision. No, I have entrusted God with the task of informing him of his happy destiny of putative father of the Son of God, and he will do so. The Spirit said to me that evening, Be silent, and trust me with the task of justifying you. And he will do so. God never lies. It is a great trial, but with the help of the Eternal Father it will be overcome. No one must learn from my mouth what the benignity of the Lord has done. Certainly you are the exception, because the Spirit revealed it to you. 
I have not mentioned it to anybody, not even to Zacharias, who would have been very happy. He thinks you are a mother according to nature. I know, and I decided that out of prudence, the secrets of God are holy. The angel of the Lord did not reveal my divine maternity to Zacharias. He could have done so if God had wanted, because not God knew that the time for the incarnation of his word in me was already imminent. But God hid his joyful light from Zacharias, who rejected your late maternity as something impossible. I have complied with the will of God, as you have seen. You perceived the secret living in me. He did not perceive it. Until the screen of his incredulity does not fall before the power of God, he will be separated from supernatural lights. Elizabeth sighs and becomes silent. Zacharias comes in. He offers some parchment rolls to Mary. It is the hour of prayer before supper. Mary prays in a loud voice in place of Zacharias. Then they settle down at the table. When you are no longer with us, how we shall regret having no longer anyone to pray for us, says Elizabeth, looking at her dumb husband. You will pray then, Zacharias, says Mary. He shakes his head and writes, I will never be able to pray again for other people. I became unworthy when I doubted my God. Zacharias, you will pray. God forgives. The old man wipes a tear and sighs. After supper, Mary goes back to the loom. That's enough, says Elizabeth. You will become too tired. Your time is approaching, Elizabeth. I want to prepare for your, your child clothes worthy of him who will precede the king of the house of David. And Zacharias writes, of whom will he be born, and where? Mary replies, Where the prophet said, And of whom the Eternal Father will choose, Whatever our Most High Lord does is well done. And Zacharias writes, Well, in Bethlehem then, in Judah, We shall go and worship him, woman, And you will come to Bethlehem too with Joseph. And Mary, bowing her head over the loom, says, I will come. And the vision ends thus. Mary says directly to Maria Valtorta, The first charity towards our neighbors is to be exerted towards our neighbors. This must not seem a pun to you. There is charity towards God and charity towards our neighbors. Charity towards our neighbors comprises also charity towards ourselves. But if we love ourselves more than our neighbors, we are no longer charitable, we are selfish. Also, in lawful matters, we must be so holy as to always give priority to the needs of our neighbor. Be sure, my children, that God provides for the generous by means of his power and his bounty. It was this certainty that led me to Hebron to assist my relative in her condition, and to my eagerness for human help. God, giving beyond measure as he is wont, added an un unforeseen gift of supernatural assistance. I went to give material help, and God sanctified my good intention by sanctifying through it the fruit of Elizabeth's womb, and by means of that sanctification by which the Baptist was pre-sanctified, he relieved the physical pain of the elderly daughter of Eve, who had conceived at an unusual age. Elizabeth, a woman of fearless faith and confident submission to God's will, deserved to understand the mystery that was enclosed within me. The Spirit spoke to her through the bouncing of her womb. The Baptist pronounced his first speech as the announcer of the word. 
through the veils and the diaphragms of veins and flesh that separated and united him at the same time to his holy mother. Neither did I deny my prerogative of being the mother of the Lord, because she was worthy of the information and the light had revealed itself to her. To deny it would have meant denying God the praise that it was just should be given to him, the praise that I bore in me, and which, since I could not tell anyone, I repeated to the herbs, to the flowers, to the stars, to the sun, to the singing birds and the patient sheep, to the warbling waters, to the golden light that kissed me descending from heaven. But it is sweeter to pray together rather than say our prayers by ourselves. I would have liked all the world to know of my destiny, not for my own sake, but that they might join me in praising my Lord. Prudence forbade me to reveal the truth to Zecharias. That would have implied going beyond the work of God, and if I was his spouse and mother, I was still his servant, and I could not take the liberty of substituting him and exceeding him in a decree simply because he had loved me beyond measure. Elizabeth, in her holiness, understood and was silent, because a holy person is always submissive and humble. The gift of God must increase our goodness. The more we receive him, the more we must give because the more we receive, the more obvious it is that he is with us and within us. And the more he is with us and within us, the more we must endeavor to reach his perfection. That is why I worked for Elizabeth, postponing my own work. I was not afraid that I would not have time. God is the master of time. He provides for those who hope in him, also in normal things. Selfishness does not speed matters up. It delays them. Charity does not delay. It speeds up. Always bear that in mind. How much peace there was in Elizabeth's house if I had not been worried about Joseph and, and my child, who was the Redeemer of the world. I would have been happy. But the cross was already casting its shadow on my life, and I heard the voices of the prophets like a knell. My name was Mary. Bitterness was always mingled with the sweetness that God poured into my heart and it increased more and more until the death of my son. But when God calls us, Mary, to the destiny of victims for his glory, oh, it is sweet to be ground like corn in the millstone, to convert our pain into the bread that can strengthen the weak and make them capable of reaching heaven. Now it is enough. You are tired and happy. Rest now with my blessing. And the vision ends.